Welcome to Mastering Life's Adventures, an educational podcast about tapping into your true self, the soul, your soul, the substance of your life, to discover what life's ups and downs are really about, and how to have a greater sense of purpose, peace, joy, and fulfillment. I am Dr. Judith Holder, your host, coach psychologist, fellow seeker who enjoys diving into the connections between spirituality, psychology, wellness, and your everyday life's adventures. All preparing and polishing you like the fastest of magnificent diamond to be your best self. If you're craving more from your life, you are in the right place. Come, let's journey together and transforming what you know into who you really are. Mastering Life's Adventures begins now. We're bringing Scott back to talk about this whole notion that we started focusing on on our first segment, our part one, related to you've got it all and it still goes wrong. Why? And what happened? This relates to children and also in his life that sometimes he and his own self would say, my upbringing was, you know, great in comparison maybe to other upbringings, but still there was something missing that I learned through my life experiences. And I'll let you take it from there, Scott. Yeah. I mean, so it really was the missing part was I I thought and was always told I, I have so much. And my parents always were of the let's give to our kids. That will make them happy. But the missing part was that we didn't build up some really important strengths, some really important skills. Those skills are the ones where we had to start from a creative, imaginative thing, which we all do. Everything starts from there. One of my favorite quotes is that things are created twice, once in the mind and then in the world. They always have to be thought of first. And so we always create. And for me, I gave the example in the first part was guitar. I thought I saw a guitar player, rock band, wanted to be a guitarist, decided I wanted a guitar and take lessons. Didn't have to do too much on my end except for ask for it. And because it was that simple for me, and it's that simple for, for many, then I was, wasn't connected to it. I wasn't committed to it. I quit pretty much afterwards. And we have to understand that when you have that cycle, then you lose confidence in yourself. You, you feel inwardly, even if you're not expressing it outward. In fact, as a teenager or a preteen, you're probably not expressing it outwards. You're hiding it. Like, oh, I didn't want to play guitar anyway. Guitar's, you know, dumb. I'm going to play drums. The cool guys play drums. Mom, dad, um, I want to play, I want to play drums now. Oh my God. But what about that guitar thing? I, I know, I know, but drums are my thing. Okay, Scott. You know, and here comes the practice pad, drums, drum lessons. Same thing. Didn't complete it. How do I feel about myself? Inwardly. <sighs> didn't do it. Oh, well, I didn't really want to do it anyway. Hide it. Got to look good. Got, can't look bad, right? God forbid I would say I made a mistake. Look, I didn't even think this through. I probably should have, mom and dad, and then probably needed to get my own drum set, pay for, at least for part of my own lesson. So I had some skin in the game and I got more committed to it. And if I wasn't willing to do that, I probably didn't want to play drums enough anyway. So come clean. Like that's my bad. No way did I have that kind of perception of it. But future, you know, me looking backwards, it's like, that's what was missing. 
Because had I done that, I would have built some inner strengths that I didn't build. And then as I got older, right, I wanted things to be handed to me because that's what I knew. That's kind of what was built into me based on growing up. And people are always, you know, saying like, you had it all. You had every opportunity. True. But you have to know how to take advantage of those opportunities in a way that is productive and strength. And I'm not, I'm saying a, a lot of people do. They're shown like how to do things, even if they're given everything they're shown. But there's an equal amount, if not more, that I know who are given everything, then they go off to college or they go away. And now they're not getting that kind of attention. They're not getting everything just handed to them. So now they need to go to Easy Street to get this, what they need. Now, Easy Street is drinking and it's drugs and it, attention from opposite sex or whatever, right? It's all of these things that can cause more chaos and more trouble in your life and create bad habits moving forward that get harder and harder to break. I would mm -hmm. consider myself one of the lucky ones. I did build up those habits of just wanting, just having things given to me. When that stopped and I had all these experiences of not completing things, mm -hmm. I did that in college. I didn't complete it because I didn't wasn't trained properly to do that. And it wasn't until I really deeply started studying how the mind works and really getting into the spiritual part of it and really finding myself who I was that I was able to break that break through that and go, you know what? I have to find what I love. And then I have to have that consistent with who I am. What's important to me and, and what are my strengths? Like, I'll do things, right? And, and I'll say, look, today, put 200 kids out in front of me. I'll talk to them for four hours. I'll engage with them. We'll interact. We'll have some fun. And other people are like, that's my biggest nightmare in the entire world, right? But they'll say, I'll sit for eight hours typing and doing accounting books, and I just love numbers. And I'm like, that's my biggest nightmare. But those who sit in their office or do whatever they do, and they've never done the work to find out what what their soul is searching for, the reason and the purpose of being here, because we have that reason and that purpose, they struggle. And it's that, thank God it's Friday. On Sunday afternoon at the latest, they're like, oh, got to go back to work tomorrow. They're the gossipers. They're the drinkers. They're the ones who have a lot of physical pain in their life. I do have one client who's an adult and she spoke about the physical pain. She actually had to go and have back surgery and she was actually emotionally carrying so much weight from some things that had happened to her and what she made them mean, which is the important part. It wasn't necessarily all that happened to her. It was all the things she made it mean. That was the heavy part. And she actually got physically hurt from that weight. Like her back went out on her. Mm -hmm. That's a real thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So it's go ahead. kind of you don't realize the emotional weight that, yes, we may have physical weight issues, but there's an emotional weight that is carried. It's just not carried by the outer cell, but it's also can be carried with the soul at the soul level. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so that when you're, the person is able to acknowledge and reframe 
and look at things from a different perspective because the soul always wants to be able to move towards growth and advancement. It also wants to look at those trauma situations from what's the silver lining in this experience? What can I take and what can I throw away? And not I think it's all me because God is never all these negative things. God is actually very much wanting us to have the abundant life and want things to be harmonious and be able for us to love in a more available way for other people as well as to ourselves. And so what you're talking about is this whole aspect of being able to know that do what you're doing with children, because children experience pain too. They experience the bullying. You know, you mentioned, you know, in, in our conversation before, you know, this, but we have different level of pains that we do harbor within us, but we also keep on going through certain experiences because the soul says, master, master, master this. Because if we master it, we can break free from it. Mm -hmm. We can move forward in our life. And so the Mm -hmm. skills that you're teaching children is really learning how to think and how to be. Mm -hmm. Experiences that they're going right in front of them and make choices. Do I want to go to the left, which is the old way, or do I want to go to the right, which is the new way of what I'm learning about how to be and how to show up in my day-to-day experiences of living life? Yeah, absolutely. And that just reminded me of a really important teaching that I do. I don't remember where I got it from. I got some version of it, so I'm not going to say I created this, but there's the millimeter to mile rule. And basically what it says is that in a given moment, in a decision moment, you're just, you're at the same exact place. Then based on the decision you make, you go left, like you said, or you go right. Now, because you went left or you went right, you start going down that trail. Now that millimeter gets further and further and further and further and further and further apart. So if we were to put that in real terms, in one moment, I might say, I'll just use my own personal experience, is I might say when I played water polo, I played water polo at at a fairly high local level when I grew up in Reno, Nevada and Northern California. It was like a small pool and I was like really good. And I said, I said, I want to be an Olympic water polo player. In that moment, I had a choice. Keep This is what you said. Keep doing what I'm doing, playing how I'm playing. Or really, really go deep and understand what does an Olympic water polo player actually do? How do they do it? What's their schedule? What's their training? And am I willing to do that? Because if I say it, am I willing to do it? Then in that moment, I keep doing what I'm doing, which is what I actually did, right? And by the time I got to Southern California and started playing college-level water polo with those players who play year-round, because in Reno, we didn't play year-round. It was too snowy, right? They played year-round since they were like three or whatever. All of the sudden, I couldn't compete anymore. And I ended up quitting water polo and had an effect on me because I had this dream, but I didn't take the, I didn't make a decision and take the actions in that exact same moment. When I had that decision time, 
and I did the research. I go, okay, I'm going to do the research, and now I'm going to start doing I'm going to be getting up at five. I'm going to do the weights. I'm going to do the training. I'm going to give up these other things, this lifestyle things, because I'm going to get what I said I'm going to get. You see, the difference would have been I would have met these other water polo players. I might have played at this higher level, probably would have. I might have gone here, and who knows, right? And literally, my life would be in a different place for sure. We just know that than it is right now. And it's not good, bad, or indifferent. It's just the millimeter to mile. Now, if we take this into like a kid, teen, tween, let's just say they're in a moment of, hey, you and I are hanging out, Dr. Judith. Hey, you want to you wanna go party? You want to go like go to this party? You're in that like go go home. You already had plans. You were going to like, you know, do this, listen to music, or you were going to watch a movie with your family or whatever. Or I'm going to go party. And we don't know, right? Could that going to party lead to the next party, lead to the next party, lead to like this trouble and this habit of going to parties instead of doing these other things? But in that moment, if you decide, hey, I'm going to do that thing I said I was going to do, right, study, watch a movie, whatever it was, you could literally live an entirely different life. Unless you've interrupted and you bring it back. You go, oh, wait, partying's not for me. Let's bring that back, Right. But the more you do it, the more you do it, the more you do it, the further you are away, the harder it is to bring it back. And so that millimeter to mile is just something I, I teach and I live by, too. It's like in a decision moment, right? If I get like, am I going to contact this person? Even like, you know, contacting you. Am I going to contact her? There's a decision moment. That could lead to somebody hearing this. It changes everything about how they were with their kid. And now all of a sudden, that I'll never know, right? Probably. But that kid makes these decisions, changes. Now they're off doing this amazing thing and they do this incredible thing in the world, right? Or I don't contact you and that never happens. Mm-hmm. Crazy, right? So the millimeter to mile. We have to really follow our, our soul, our intuition. We have to follow that guide. And if we say that we're up to something like... Why wouldn't I contact you? If I really want to be that Olympic water polo player, why wouldn't I go research and study and go do those things? Or am I just saying stuff? So that's what we have to get real honest with ourselves. We have to say, what am I really up to? And what would be stopping me? And what would be keeping me from doing it? And if what's stopping me or keeping me from doing it is what we talked about in the first segment, the comfort zone, it's just out of my comfort zone. Then I like the analogy that it only takes five seconds of confidence to do anything, to bust out of your comfort zone. Five seconds. It's like the rocket, right? Almost all of its energy is used in the blast off. You don't have to keep that going, but five seconds will get you past it. And then you'll be there and you'll be doing it. And that's the excitement of it. That's like, I'm going to do it. And then once you're there, you don't need excitement. Enthusiasm will carry you through. Just stay connected to it. Right? And then you'll keep going. And then you'll have bigger comfort zone. This is good. But you have a formula. Five seconds of confidence. I can break through the next one. And pretty soon, right, you're hitting those goals. You're hitting those targets. You're getting to where you want to go. Your soul is growing. You're not limiting what the soul is here to do by being a crazy human. But just being human, because I really believe that we are spiritual beings in a, a physical form. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so we sometimes get so associated with the physical form 
that we lose in sight of the soul and the spiritual development that is needed. So that's really nicely said that what you're saying, because it also reminds me of the fact of one of the major things for children is fear. And so fear creates paralysis you know, for them. I don't want to do it. Or it creates that worry that we talked about in the first segment. And so what you're teaching them how to do is five seconds of confidence is easy to do. As opposed to feeling as I've got to be 24-7 confident all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's great. And, you know, most of us, kids, adults included, don't do certain things because we don't see how to do them. And that stops us. But then I remind them, people, I'm like, so you think that Elon Musk knew exactly how to run SpaceX and have Tesla and be the richest man? Of the, you think he knew that when he was starting out because he didn't right mm -hmm. and when jeff bezos was in his garage selling books you think he knew how to run the amazon that we have now that we all rely on so much he didn't and if i use my taylor swift example taylor are you listening taylor swift <laughs> example she didn't know how to be a mega pop star she was a 12 year old kid trying to learn how to write songs but because they were brave enough and their, their, their mission was connected enough to their soul, to who they were, to what they wanted to provide, what they wanted to give while they were here in the world. Because they did that work, they were able to keep moving. They were able to keep having those five seconds of confidence needed to go to that next step, that next step, that next step. And it's pretty incredible. And then that takes all the pressure off. How many steps do you need to move forward? One. Guess what? Once you've taken that step, you see the second one. Right. There's a great book called, I think it's Quantum Leaps or something like that. And it talks about how to make a quantum leap in your life. Sometimes it's step by step. And sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, I can see like how I can get from here to there with one big jump. But you would have never, ever, ever gotten to that place unless you had taken those three steps to get to that place. Where's the beautiful waterfall? The one that you can't see. It's 10 steps and then around the corner. You have to take the 10 steps to see around the corner to see the beautiful waterfall. But you only need to know the first step to take the second and the third and the fourth. And the problem for kids and almost for everyone, unless they know about this, is the biggest fear in the world is failure. Looking bad. What does it mean? I, right. And when you fail, if you don't have the right relationship with failure, which many people don't, what does it mean? It means I shouldn't have done that. I, I knew I shouldn't have left my comfort zone. I know I don't like it here. I know it's not great, but out there it's way worse. But that's because that relationship with failure is so backwards. Like, like I like to, when I do my power quest, the last thing is, is action. And I send them on a scavenger hunt, mm -hmm. whether it's live or, or virtual, I give them the scavenger hunt thing. And the reason I send them on a scavenger hunt, I say, look, you're going to go find these things on the list. You're going to go do these things on the list. Okay, cool. I go, but let me ask you a question. I just want to make sure before you start, if you happen to look in the cabinet or under something, and you don't find something, are you going to quit? Are you going to say, I should have never done this scavenger hunt. I knew I wasn't good at it. Or are you going to say, 
Oh, now I know it's not there. That's progress. Oh, now I know not to do that. Oh, that's progress. And then everything becomes an outcome. And every outcome becomes a progress. It's either you know what to do or you know what not to do. That's growth. We're going in the right direction. Exactly. And when you... And that's such a nice way of thinking about things because so many times people think of failure is that that means I'm bad, I'm terrible, or I can never get it right, or it, all the kind of laying on of the negativity that happens. But failure, as you're saying, is, is progress. And that's what the soul wants. The soul wants us to make progress. So it doesn't really care if you want it or you lost it. How did you react to it and how are you managing it? Because it is progress. It is soul growth. And so the, that concept of soul growth also ties into the fact that when we have these experiences coming our way, it creates a courage, which is coming up in the age of the heart, the courage, the roaring of the self, that you're mm-hmm. understanding that by me doing this, I love my soul. I love God great enough to be able to continue on this path because I know it is the right thing to do and it will have an outcome that will be positive and helpful. And even when if it takes a curveball, I'm still learning something and growing from it. And again, as I said in the first segment, we take the silver lining and we leave the rest. Mm, I love that. I was I kept thinking about like uh, just in kind of a fun way, if the soul was like, standing next to us like it was like this cute little like creature or whatever right and it stood next to us and we stepped out of our comfort zone because we were following our soul right it's like guiding us and we had the courage to do it but then we got out we looked bad we failed right it looked bad and we grabbed the hand of our friend here the soul we pulled him back he was like what what are, what are you doing like i got you we're we're going forward. Like, no, 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 it's scary out there. Because God gave us choice. This is our freedom. This is our, our thing. So the soul, which is God, can't say don't. It can only say do and encourage, right? But we have the ability to pull back and say, no, 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 no. And if we get it, we get that we're following our soul. And allow our soul to be that leader. Trust, believe, right? This is what real belief and faith is in the unseen. This is like, go. Like you can hear it. You can feel it. This is your fulfillment. And the more you do it, the more comfortable, the better. And the more of it you can do and the bigger of it you can do. Follow the soul. But we keep pulling them back into our world, right? Controlling it instead of following it. I don't know if that makes sense. It makes sense in my head, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is so true. I mean, whatever image, and I said this in one of my episodes, is find an image that you have for your soul. Mine is this old bit of light, is my image. You know, each one will have an image of their soul. It could be a teddy bear. It could be <laughs> a, a shell. You know, whatever image that brings comfort and love and, and positivity to you is you want to do that because then you're knowing that you are more than what your your physical form is. And so if you are, as you gave that analogy, is, is that if your soul is alongside of you and then your soul is trying to advance and you say, no, 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 we can't do that. And you can't <laughs> then you, you are limiting yourself. 
You are mm-hmm. limiting yourself. And you're not even knowing that you're doing that. All you know is you feel lousy or you feel empty. Yeah. You feel yeah. disconnected in some way. Yeah. And what do you think is limiting? You don't think it's you limiting you. You think the world is limiting you. You think it's doing it because you don't see your power. See, you could keep going. Again, when we go back to the original thing, this is how people get past obstacles and challenges and become superstars in their own life, whatever that means to them and whatever level that is of success. But that's how they do it, right? That's when they go, okay, there's the world and there's me and who's stronger? There's this circumstance and there's me who wins. And then they have that faith. They have that belief in whatever it might be, whether it be God with the beard or it might be uh, a universal spirit, an energy, a source. They believe in it. They work with the law of nature, of the universe. Kind of in a cute, fun way. I wrote, so I was saying I wrote this book and then I wrote this pilot for this TV show by the same name inside of the pilot. What I wrote is that we have stink think again, we're kind of in the kid world here and the stink think creates the blah, blah, blobs, the blah, blah, blobs are these like smelly creatures. They start out as a gas and then they kind of coagulate into this kind of creature. And they're the ones that keep you from doing the things that you want to do. They block you. And the only remedy for a blah, blah, blah and the stink thing is power thinking. Because power thinking creates the power pods. And the power pods are this like light that comes around you. And from a power pod, you can grab a power pellet and you can throw it at a blah, blah, blah. Because the power thinking always can be stronger than the stink think if you put your energy and attention to it. And so Dax, with the help of Max, his inner superhero alter ego, every time he has stink think, Max has to come out and be like, dude, what are you doing? I like, can't breathe up there. Like the stink think is so much. And then he takes them on a tour of his mind. He lets them see what's happening. And then he takes them out to the world where he can kind of learn from the world what it is he's afraid of how it's affecting them, and how to create power thoughts, gain courage, ultimately take power pellets, beat out the blah, blah, blahs, and get to where he wants to go. Now, that's how it is in the TV show, but think about how that is in our life. We have these negative thoughts, think, think. We either grow the blah, 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 and let it keep blocking us and taking us over, or if we become aware of our powers, We start focusing our energy towards our power thoughts. We have to have some power thoughts right on the other side of it. So we have to learn those. We're really good at saying I can't and it's too hard and I'm no good. We're not as brave. I'm courageous. I'm awesome. I can do it. That's always harder for us to say because we don't say it enough. Feels weird. We were told that's egotistical. That was a lie. Not egotistical, right? It's you affirming for yourself who you really are, not what the world wants you to be. We don't go down to people's levels, although that's what we tend to do. That's not what we're intended to do. We're intended to rise up and bring people with us to 
act and make the world a better place, make people's lives better, right? People ask me, what is it? Is your why? Why do you do what you do? I need to leave people better. And when they found me, when I saw them, I need to know that that's happening out in the world because if that's not happening, I'm not fulfilling my, my purpose of being here. So I have to switch shift. So anyway, the power thinking, we start moving towards that and bam, we become stronger. We get to get past our obstacles out of our comfort zone, have that courage, move forward. I like what you're saying about the stinky thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. <laughs> and also about how the power thoughts can be able to help us. And I create that for the seekers through on that lens of the soul evolution is just that the soul is on a journey through life experiences and it's moving through life experience and we have an example of how to move to the higher level of ourselves through Jesus Christ in this particular case, or Buddha in another particular case, and which they showed us a way to go, a path to go on. And so the soul is trying to emulate some of that Christ-like or Buddha-like type of experiences so that we can be able to know that there is a roadmap, just as much as the roadmap you're, you're teaching for children, that they can have an understanding of their inner self. There is also for the soul a roadmap of how to be more Christ-like and be your best self. Don't you see that parallel? Absolutely. No, absolutely. I mean, the way that you're saying is exactly the way I think it, right? I, I don't say it in the TV show, the books. I want it to be a little bit more general for all audiences to get it. Nobody, you know, how people can shut the door on something if the ideology or the theology doesn't quite match perfectly with what they were shown to believe. And that's okay. But I wanted it to be more general, so more available. But I totally agree with you and stuff of my own soul, that power thinking, that really is in line with Jesus. That really is in line with Buddha, Krishna, whoever the spirit guide is for you, right? And so that's the true place to go, right? Everything else is our human thinking. It's the, it's the, programming that keeps coming at us and keeps coming at us and keeps coming at us. People like to watch TV and I always ask them, I'm like, well, you know, if it was something that you hated, that scared you, that worried you, right? It gave you anxiety. Would you just keep watching it over and over or would you switch the channel? Well, this some is our thinking. Do. Yeah, some people do, right? This is our thinking, right? Switch the channel if you don't like what you're seeing. But I think sometimes what you're doing with the children, though, Scott, that is really hard sometimes for other people to know how to do is this how to switch the channel. It's the how to that you're teaching children how to do. But for adults who are children who didn't have that experience, that it becomes more challenging because they so are much ingrained in that left way of thinking and not learning yeah. how to do the right way of thinking. Yeah, it's true. I mean, and sometimes it just takes a different perspective from somebody else. I want to share something quick with my mom. When I did a training course and it was really all about kind of, it, it was a very deep dive into yourself and who you are and how you relate to others. And one of the things I realized is that with my mom, I'd always considered her to be very opinionated. And so I related to her as opinionated, avoiding conversations. And when she said something kind of like, mom, that's kind of like, I don't know if I, you know, whatever. And mm -hmm. so our relationship wasn't as close as it, it could be because of that, right? And I thought it was her. I'm like, well, she's opinionated. How can I deal with that? 
we were just talking with Scott about this mother, and unfortunately we lost the connection with him. But it does tie into all of this that we've been talking about with Scott about you've got it all and it still goes wrong. Why? What happened? And he's sharing some of these wonderful experiences that he's had in working with children and how to help to develop them and help them have the skill sets that allow them to be effective as children and in school and in the different spheres that they find themselves in. And I welcome you to reach out to Scott. His links will be below and he can share more about how he's going about putting his mission and message out into the world. Thank you. And it's been great to have Scott Feld. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me for this episode on Mastering Life's Adventures, being your best self through soul evolution. If you have enjoyed what you've heard today, I would be delighted if you would share this episode with others. Leave a thumbs up and subscribe to my Mastering Life's Adventures podcast. Look forward to your joining the next episode. Please leave any comments or suggestions you might have below. Bye for now.